Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 207 of the Spoiler Alert podcast brought to you by MovieOutsiders.com. I'm Danny, and I'm here with Mike, and tonight we'll be discussing a documentary called Delt, which none of you have heard of, and which, if we have any luck, you are all entering into IMDb right now. Unless you're driving, then don't. You can try and use Siri, but she's the worst. Anyway, Mike, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing, Danny? I'm doing really well. Uh, You know, this is quite a change for us coming off the supersized episode we did last week for Avengers Infinity War. The biggest movie of our lifetimes thus far and the biggest episode we've had in a while. I think it was actually one of the largest file sizes that we've had of our actual posting. That was a big one. I was afraid it wouldn't get up onto the, the internet. It was a big one. The internet luckily had just enough room right. for it. Right. So nothing else can go on the internet Correct. until we delete that one. The internet's sort of at max capacity. But to go from that to this was really like a whiplash, um, but sort of refreshing. I'm excited yeah, to talk about this uh, movie. Yeah, so I watched it on Amazon Prime. I thought that it was streaming on Netflix, and I think I mentioned that to you last week. Clearly it was not. I, I double-checked that. So I had to pay for the rental, but I'd heard of this movie... On the blog of Tim Ferriss, the author that I enjoy reading, and he was really moved by it. And so, you know, he sent a link on his blog out to the trailer, and I watched the trailer and thought, this definitely sounds compelling enough for a sit. And so I think we agreed maybe three, four weeks ago that this one would go into the queue. And I also am excited to discuss it with you. You know, this movie, I played the trailer for my wife, and it was the first movie that we watched together, and I honestly cannot remember how long. I, too, rented it from Amazon. It's also available on iTunes for anyone looking to rent or purchase it. Christy and I watched this one together. She was enthralled with the trailer, and I can't remember the last movie that she and I sat down to watch together. It's been quite a while. She's watched a lot of the movies that we've reviewed a month two, three after we've discussed them. And uh, we we watch a handful of television shows together, but we haven't sat down and actually watched a film in a long time. I think the last one we watched was the the nine-hour OJ documentary that won the Oscar last year. Oh, wow. We then subsequently Netflixed that on disc and watched it, like, throughout the summer or something like that. So, yeah, we haven't sat down and watched a movie together in a long time. Well, and this, so my wife and I watched it, but it was even on a weeknight. I mean, there's like a hundred reasons why this should not have worked. Like the two of us on a weeknight, staying awake for an entire movie that we rented. And so we had to watch within 24 hours. We couldn't just like pause it and, you know, or pause the DVD and come back to it. Like we just had to push through and we both uh, really enjoyed it. So I'm excited to talk to you about it. And frankly, I'm glad we both had to pay for it because this movie has a lifetime domestic box office gross of $30,400, which if we're comparing it to the Avengers, uh, (laughs) is about one eighty-six thousandth of what the Avengers made just last weekend. (laughs) So... (laughs) So they could definitely use the help and use the, the funds. And, um, you know, I hope that the, the film is successful on video and, and finds a future. But maybe you should uh, kick us off with a, a tight plot recap. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. So uh, this is going to be tight. Delt is the documentary covering the life of Richard Turner, an expert card magician who just so happens to be blind. His struggles with his disability and refusal to let it define him. And that's the movie Delt. 
that's it. And that's the tightest plot recap you've ever done. 207 episodes in. Shocking. I work at it. I, I really work to refine these. Also, I had forgotten I was on plot recap until about five minutes ago. But also, listeners, if <laughs> if you're one if, if you're one of those people that was deciding between Amazon renting Delt or going to see the Avengers in the theater last week, please ping us. We would love to know that as well. And I'm sure the filmmakers of Delt would also like to know that. Well, only if you came down on the side of seeing Delt. I think. They don't need everybody who thought, I thought about this, but instead I went and gave Avengers more of my money. And that's like 2,000 people. Like, oh, uh, that's, that's rough. Buddy, what, what did you think? What, what did you and Anne think about the movie? You know, this is one of those movies that I was the perfect audience for in that I am really fascinated with um, magicians and illusionists and especially card manipulators. It's just a skill set that I am so interested in and jealous of the people who have. And uh, the main character in this in this documentary is truly remarkable, what he can do. I mean, I think one of the things that impressed me the most, they showed a clip of him from a TV show holding a deck of 52 cards and he tells someone, just think of any number between 1 and 52 – I think the woman says 38 and he instantly like he just he just cuts the deck and hands her 38 cards exactly 38 cards like his yeah. his hands are so sensitive to the to the deck and they are so familiar with how many how many how much a card you know weighs or, or how thick it is he can in an instant just hand you whatever I mean just blew my mind when he did that and and I think the the documentary Absolutely. does a great job of giving him credit for having an amazing talent that almost no one else in the world has. And then they lay in the fact that, by the way, he's also uh, blind. He also can't see. Right. Which which right. adds, obviously, another layer to all of us in the audience and, I guess, a struggle for him in that he doesn't want to be defined as being he doesn't blind. want you to. He doesn't want that to be a factor in yeah. your amazement of him. Right, yeah. And I think, and I truly was amazed, even without knowing he was blind. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I I agree with you completely. I also think that it was a really well produced documentary. I you go, I love documentaries, but I feel like you go into some of them, especially some of these indie ones. And this one, it, I think it premiered at South by Southwest and is doing the film festival circuit right now. They can be really hit or miss. I think yeah. sometimes you get like a a way too heavy balance of like old camcorder videos of the subject when they were young or way too much um, stock footage edited in that's clearly not the subject, but it's right. something else with, with some melodramatic music. It, it almost becomes sort of like a, a dateline segment or something like that. Yeah. I think that this one struck the perfect balance. I think that the music was exciting and fun. I think that the editing was really quick and good. I mean, they kept it down to less than 90 minutes. So it's really a quick sit. And I feel like all of all of what they interspersed with him real time today, interacting with his wife, his son, his sister, versus stock footage of him as a college kid or younger. uh, Plus, you know, some uh, some of the the stuff edited in of, you know, just cards being dealt here and there was they struck the perfect balance this time. I agree that like, I guess you'd say maybe the, the assemblage of footage that they had was really well done. And the editing was really well done, 
But I also think I, it just was fascinating. This guy has really lived an amazing life. And they had a lot of stock footage to weave in because he's been doing what he does for so long. And he's been on TV and he's he's done live shows and he's been nominated for awards within the magical community. And they just had a lot to draw from in addition to the time that the filmmakers obviously spent following him and his family around. So I, I thought it, I agree wholeheartedly. I also think this is something I liked and, and almost disliked is that his life seems frankly unbelievable. I mean, this is a guy who, who went blind at a very young age who, as he was losing his eyesight, learned to drive a motorcycle and friends would drive around with him. He would go out into the mountains and climb mountains and like handhold his way up a mountainside barehanded while blind. He became a black belt in karate while blind. I mean, just it's sort of unbelievable that that he yeah. would do that. And he lived so much of his life really as a sighted person without the benefit of sight that I thought it was really interesting at the end of the documentary where you see him almost starting to sort of lean into life as somebody who can't see. He's finally coming right. around to, you know, now that his son has gone off to college and, and his wife, frankly, is kind of at the end of a rope from helping him out all these decades where he's got to be able to do more on his own and he's got to be able to leverage some of the yeah. tools and resources that other people who, who can't see have. And I just thought that was a really interesting way to sort of close out the movie. I really enjoyed it. I I agree. I, I think that that was really fascinating. I loved the scenes where we learned about his sister who also lost her eyesight around the same time in her life that he did as a young adolescent. Uh, I mean, like I think it was like even third, fourth grade or something like yeah. that, that they both began to lose their eyesight and, and her need immediately to kind of embrace it and learn that th this is what it is and I'm going to adapt as best I can and his kind of refusal to do that, but then her sort of helping him along throughout, I thought was really touching. And it, you could you could see that they clearly loved one another, that he had a lot of respect for her, that she had a lot of respect for him, and they're, they're kind of coalescing at the same point. I also found, you know, it's the sort of thing, and we've all, those of us who have not lost one of our senses, or were not born without one of our senses, don't know what that is like. And I've Yet we've all interacted with people who have have lost on their senses. And so when when I saw the scenes where his son was describing to him things like what the St. Louis Arch looked like and trying to like help him, like drawing it on his back so that he could see what it would what it would appear like in his mind and his wife explaining what the mirrored sphere looked like wherever they were at. The bean in and Chicago, the, yeah. The, the the lengths that they would go to to explain the detail of what they were seeing so that he could picture it in his mind's eye, I it really choked me up. Like it, it really made me think, like, wow, like they they love him so much and want him to picture what they're seeing and know he wants to see it. I found it really interesting, and it's the kind of thing that unless you live day to day with somebody who has lost their their sense of sight. You would never experience yeah. like, I mean, if you just spent a, an afternoon with somebody who happened to be blind, that's probably not the interaction you have with them. 
Yet, if you're somebody that's with them every day of your life, that's what it's like, describing things and right. and helping them explain what the next four physical steps in their their path are. That was really moving to me. I agree. I agree. It was, it was uh, not just fascinating to watch. It was uh, a pretty emotional sort of experience being allowed to have that sort of access to those pretty private conversations and to see what that's like for, for him. Uh, I was also fascinated with, and didn't quite understand because again, his, his sister similarly had either the same disease or a different disease, but lost her eyesight. I would have loved to learn more about how they sort of grew up parallel, but on divergent tracks right away. It sounds like, like she immediately thought, okay, I've got to, figure out how to live my life as a blind person. And he lived his life as I'm not blind, even though I can't see. And then I was fascinated when his his sister was talking. She said that she's a contractor or something, right? She's a, uh, some sort of builder or, and she's, she's owns like the biggest construction company in Houston or something like that. Yeah. 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 So she's very successful in the building trade, but she said that no one knew she was blind until her husband had been in a car accident or something and he couldn't cover for her. I want to know how she lived her life for years running this giant <laughs> successful business without anyone knowing she's blind. Like that was, right, that's right. like a surprise. Deborah's blind everybody and has been for 30 years. Like how does that happen? I know it's it, it's like, I, I don't want to sound glib about it, but like, especially in a profession where, You'd think that your design element is really important. You'd like, think, yeah. They, they did it. Right? I mean, I mean picture like, yourself in that office. It, it's not like you're just learning something about her. Like, oh, I didn't know she's Episcopalian. Right. Or, oh, I, <laughs> I didn't know that you studied classical French literature in college. That's really interesting. It's oh, you've been blind for thirty years, like totally blind and can't see and have never seen me or anything or this office. You poured huh. me my coffee yesterday. This right. is it's weird. Like, yeah. that, like just sort of shocking. And I feel like there was a lot of scenes like that in the movie where someone would kind of toss off something and you think, wait, what? How does that work? Right, right. Um, but overall, I, I mean, I just can't stress enough that this is a quick watch. It's well done. It's highly interesting. It's it's sort of entertaining from a pure entertainment value. As we talked about, it's moving from an emotional standpoint. I feel like uh, Richard's family, not just his sister, but his his son and wife, um, have some decent screen time, and you get to learn a little bit about them and what their life is like because of the choices he's made. And, and I really loved outlook. both of them. I really, I really yeah. adored both of them. Yeah, this is a good movie, and people should definitely check it out. I think one thing I disliked a little bit, and it's to your point about you being fascinated about magic and card tricks and the the interest in that, I felt that I got maybe a little bit duped by the trailer in that I thought I was going to learn something incredible, something just amazing about how a blind individual could perform these kinds of tricks. And they don't go into that a lot. In fact, you don't go into a lot as to how a person with their sense of sight would do these as well. So I feel like the magic quickly gets put on the back burner. You know, it it figures heavily into the movie, but then there's a lot about his life and coming down with the disease and and everything else that proceeds that the magic sort of 
it, it sort of became an afterthought at the end. And I really would have loved to have learned more about other than just practicing all the time and being kind of OCD about your hobby. How do you do these things? It's really compelling well, I to think me. That's the thing. First of all, first of all, it's not a, it's not a hobby. And I think that's the, the I think they explain just enough. This guy is so obsessive about his work and his passion to the point where it is ridiculous. You know, they, they have a, another card mechanic in the documentary being interviewed. And he says he, he once read a, a pamphlet that said this guy, Richard practices 19 hours a day. And he just, he, he says, I remember reading that and just laughing like, yeah, right. What a crock of <laughs> like, there's no way. And then he met him and he's like, sure as hell. This guy's got a deck of cards in his hand at least 19 hours a day. And we see him in the movie. He's in his home gym working out while he's shuffling cards. Right. He's shuffling cards at the doctor. He's shuffling cards in the car in bed. His wife says that they have made love whilst he <laughs> shuffled cards with one hand. I mean, that's how you develop the skill, whether you're sighted or not. You just absolutely whole hog commit. Um and I, I think it's sort of fascinating that they explore that and then he shows that he uses it more like a badge of pride. And I think I watch it thinking, what is wrong with this dude? <laughs> why are you why are you so obsessed with this? Yeah. yeah. 19 hours a day. I mean, the thousands <laughs> of decks of cards, you know, that he's got. Like, it seems like he right. opens a fresh one every day, which I don't understand how cards like. I mean, he go had bad. Pallets like of cards. He had pallets of cards yeah. in his house. It was it was almost disturbing to see how many cards the guy owned. Like, can you even possibly be banking money with how much you spend on decks of cards? Like, you've, you've got to be running out of cash at this point. Yeah, like how many appearances does he need to make at little magic conventions just to yeah, keep himself right. flush with right, cards? Right. I guess he probably writes them off as a business expense, so maybe there's that. I suppose. He must itemize. Yeah. He must itemize, yeah. Any, anything that you didn't like? Uh, there wasn't much that I didn't like, but I do have to ask what was up with a few things. Um, first of all, there's a sequence where he and his son are fishing, sort of uh, oh, like big, uh, I, not I, big game fishing. I don't know what you call it when you're you're like seriously fishing. And he reels in some. You've got like six six poles out there. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And he brings in this huge fish and they immediately know that what he wants is for them to cut the eyeball out so he can chew on it. And they give him this enormous fish eye, fresh from the head of this this dead fish, and he just gnaws on it, and there's blood and, like, eye gunk, like whatever is in an eye, just flowing out of his mouth. It was possibly the most grotesque thing I have ever witnessed. And it was it was like the moment he caught the fish, like, oh, you want the eye? Like, that's a thing for him. Like, he's just the guy who chews the eye out of the fish just to be revolting. What's up with that? It was it was undoubtedly the most grotesque thing that I've ever witnessed in my life. <laughs> Both Christy and I had to avert our eyes and get rid of the popcorn that we'd been eating at the time. Because <laughs> we were so grossed out. And, uh, yeah, I, I mean... That was just horrifying. And one interesting thing I noted at the end of the movie, because there were several um, 
guide dogs throughout the movie. And at the end of the movie, there's the credit that says no dogs were harmed during the making of this movie, which Christy thought was kind of funny. Like, why do you say that? And I said, no, every movie that contains animals says that at the end of the movie, that no animals were harmed during the end of this movie. And then I realized they didn't say no animals right. were harmed at the end of this movie. They said no dogs were the harmed fish was at the definitely end of this harmed. movie. Yeah. That fish was harmed. It was killed. And I'm not even certain when they cut the <laughs> eye out that the thing was even not dead. No. Like. I mean, that thing was flopping a bit. Um, it was, it was rough to watch. That was rough, and and I don't understand. It's almost like it was sort of a, you know, well, I'm blind, but I caught you, and now I'm gonna eat your eye. Kind of weird thing. That as OCD as the guy was, I still really liked him. But that point, he he dropped a bit in my book. I was like, no, I think you've got some serious problems. Well, well, for sure. And what's up with, uh, to the point where you say he's a good guy, they show him and his whole family working out in the home gym. And even though he's blind, he is just giving his, his teenage son the business. Like his son cannot do well enough. His son is doing like kickboxing and he'll snap a kick at this, you know, I don't know, a sandbag or something. And the dad's like garbage. That was weak because he can hear, he can hear the snap of the kick and he just knows, you know, back up six inches. You know, you're not, you're not turning your hip enough just from the sound of something hitting something. I mean, I feel like if I was his son, I'd be like taking a baseball bat and swinging it at the bat, at the bag to see if he can hear, like, do you know that that's not my foot? Cause, but he was such a prick about it. I was like, whether you can see or not, why don't you dial it back a thousand? Your kid is working. Just, he's working out. He's, God, God bless. Good for him. And you're just being a monster to this kid. That was a rough scene as well. And and mom's glomming on too. Like she seemed to side with Richard throughout all this. Right. Oh yeah, that was kind of a kick there, dumbass. Yeah, like, yeah. Whoa! Come, come on, on, Chubbs. Come on, come on uh, Chubbs. You'll be punching for another three hours to work off your uh, water weight here. There's a scene towards the end of the movie where Richard Turner has for uh, a consecutive time been nominated for an award for the Academy of Magical Arts. Yeah. What's up with the publicity shots of the other nominees <laughs> that they show on the stage when the guys when the guys presenting them? Christy was like, whoa, these pictures are awesome. They are like, awesome. And what's up like, with it's the same nominees every year? I, right, right, they just take turns. Right. right. <laughs> Buddy, are you ready for five questions? Sure, let's do this. All right. Uh, question number one. In your opinion, who is the second best blind magician? The, uh, the second best. Well, that's a great question. I will go with Ricky Jay. Okay. I don't know who that is. I don't know who Ricky Jay is. Well, you'll have to um, you could have, You could have also said Richard Turner. I mean, he maybe he's the second best and Ricky Jay is the best. I don't know. But we're, we'll go with Ricky sure. Jay. Question number two. There's a very poignant, touching scene where Richard Turner at a conference has a conversation with a deaf magician that made me wonder, what is the worst sense for you to lose? What do you think it is? Oh, um, I think for me it would be sight. I think, you know, I'm such a fan of movies. I don't mind having subtitles on. 
So if I lost, and I have a hearing problem to begin with. So if I lost my hearing, I think I'd be okay. But I, I don't know how I'd, how I'd function without my sight. All right. Uh, question number three. What's more impressive, Richard Turner's win at the Academy of Magical Arts or Stevie Wonder's 25 Grammy Awards? Oh, wow. Uh, I got to go with 25. Well, they're Grammys, though, whichever one discounts. So let's go with Richard Turner. <laughs> like they're, they're the crappiest of the four big awards. Right, right. Like, Everybody wins a Grammy. Grammy. They, right. they like over-categorize that, like best song, best single, best single song. Right, right. Uh, question, question, question number four. Richard Turner admits late in the film that he probably should have told his fiance that he was definitely about to go completely blind. Do you think? Yep, I think that would have been fair. Give her a heads up. Let yeah. her opt in. Yeah, that was, that was kind of a kind of a crap kind move. Of a, kind of a jerk. Let that jerk one move, just yeah. fall upon yeah. her. Yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, final question. You alluded to it earlier. Uh, Richard's wife complains that one time while they were making love, he was shuffling a deck of cards with one hand. What's the weirdest OCD thing you've ever done while making love to your wife? And that's five questions, everybody. <laughs> not, e- not even going to touch it. All right. All right. We'll bring her on next time and she can answer. Yeah, you Thank ask you, her, listeners. Right. Thank you, listeners. <laughs> Buddy, final thoughts. I think this was a total fun watch. I think uh, people should definitely go to iTunes or Amazon and check it out. And I'd love to see more documentaries like it. And I'm interested in Richard Turner and his career. And I would, lo- if I had the opportunity to go see him live, I would do so. I think he's fascinating. Yeah, I I would absolutely love to see this guy live. What the? I feel like I got cheated on the snippets of him actually performing that I found really fascinating. Even his one-man show, I found really interesting and compelling. And they only showed about maybe three minutes of of that snippet. And all of that I could have used a little bit more of. But I think that it's a great movie. And, um, you know, maybe I wouldn't call it inspirational, but just really compelling and interesting and definitely worth a set. He's, He's a really interesting dude. What do we got coming up next, buddy? Coming up next, we've got the new film from Jason Reitman, Diablo Cody, and Charlize Theron, titled Tully. Thanks for listening to the Spoiler Alert podcast. Please visit us online at movieoutsiders.com, where you can see what films we'll be discussing next, comment on our recent episodes, suggest movies to review or topics to discuss, or submit questions for the five questions segment of the podcast. Stop by and visit our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash movieoutsiders, and be sure to follow us on Twitter at movieoutsiders. If you're a fan of the show, we'd really appreciate you leaving a review on iTunes, Overcast, Stitcher, or whatever podcast subscription service you use. We'll be back again next week with another episode, but until then, enjoy the movies.